You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Wednesday, March 22nd. Opening day is right around the corner. And we're talking at Cardinals baseball today with Jennifer Langosh. Jen, thank you as always for the time. And, uh, Jen, as we were just discussing, it's that time of year. It's, you know, it's not dog days of summer. It's the spring tra- uh, spring training equivalent of that where you just kind of run out of things to, to talk about and write about and think about because it's all – just a, a countdown to opening day now and you know most position battles have been won or claimed uh you know a few up in the air but uh we want to just uh, kind of spice things up a little bit today on this week's edition of the Cardinals podcast and talk about some spring training superlatives if you will and we'll also talk about the uh, upcoming World Baseball Classic title game between the U.S. and uh, Puerto Rico, and uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, for right now, like I said, some spring training superlatives, just kind of uh, running down how things have gone so far in Cardinals camp. And, uh, Jen, let's start here. It seems like that in in every camp, every spring, there seems to be a bromance that develops. It could be between, you know, two up-and-comers, two grizzled veterans, or – a veteran that might take a young guy under his wing. So when you look at the the makeup of this uh, Cardinals camp, what is the spring training bromance that has blossomed <laughs> before your eyes? Well, Matt, there's nothing that will compare to last year's bromance with Brandon Moss and Jed Jerko. So <laughs> I'll start there that we, we don't reach that level this year. Um, but we've got a couple brewing here. I mean, one of them, um, interestingly enough, a bromance that goes back many, many years, Matt Carpenter and Chad Huffman, a non-roster invitee to camp, actually play baseball together um, as little leaguers as high schoolers, as college teammates, um, and are now in this first together in spring training camp for the first time. So that's been a fun friendship um, to watch blossom. And again, that's the relationship that goes back a long way. The other one that's been fun to watch too, and it's a competitive bromance of sorts, um, is reliever Matt Bowman and Jed Jerko. Now, these two guys, you'll find them most mornings on the ping pong table. Um, Jed Jerko is kind of the backboard. Matt Bowman is the aggressor, but they've had some very intense ping pong matches, a lot going on there. So um, they've spent a lot of quality time together in the clubhouse. Yeah, now these uh, ping pong matches are, are players, you know, uh, placing bets, so to speak. I, I know that's that's a, not a term we want to explore with, a, with baseball and spring training clubhouses, but uh, how, how much of a crowd are they, are they drawing for these matches? Yeah, you know, it's so much so that the, the manager will often be kind of walking past the clubhouse and he'll stop and just, you know, gaze in awe. These guys are really, really good. Now, we've seen a lot of a lot of players, you know, take their turns at the ping pong table. They're okay. They can, you know, keep a rally going forever. You watch Matt Bowman play, and he is dripping in sweat. And then you watch Jed Jerko, and he looks like he hasn't broken a sweat at all as he just gets everything back. So, yeah, friendly wagers there. A, a lot of uh, kind of talk w- within the clubhouse about who might be better than the other. They didn't put together an official turn of sorts, but I would guess we're going to see you guys continue to play during the season because they do happen to have a ping pong table also back at Bush Stadium. Now, I know that, uh, you know, mere mortals and amateurs like you and I, when it comes to this sport, we will refer to it as ping pong, but the people that take it seriously <laughs> will call it table tennis. So what's the terminology here? 
They call it ping pong. Um, really? but, okay. but, but yeah, they, they do. Um, but, you, but you're right. I mean, maybe they should uh, pick up table tennis since they're taking it obviously very, very seriously. You know, there's some days, I mean, these guys do this, they play for an hour in the morning and look utterly exhausted by the end of it, but um, they're still able to get out, get their work done, pitching a game, hitting a game, whatever it may be, um, and then come back and do it again the next day. Maybe there's some Olympic medals in their future. You never know. Uh, <laughs> great way to start out, Jen. So let's uh, transition to this. I know that uh, in every camp, there's always a minor league player whether it's a guy that's a top prospect or a guy that's not quite on people's radars yet they always turn heads uh, they have a dynamite spring and they and they get people thinking like hey you know this this guy whether again he's come out of nowhere or he's somebody that's been on the radar for some time uh definitely turns heads with their performance uh who might that guy be for the cards yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the long-term Sandy Alcantara, who we saw this spring, I mean, this is a really lanky, tall, right-handed pitcher who uh, can seemingly get on the mound and throw 100 and 101 with, with absolutely no effort. This is a guy to watch this year um, and somebody who opened a lot of eyes here, particularly because not only does he showcase that fastball, but what he showed this spring is that he has some dec- secondary pitches to go along with that as well. Now, they're still developing. He's still developing. I would imagine he's going to start the year in high A Palm Beach, but what we seen with the Cardinals and these type of electric pitchers before is that they're not afraid to push them up and even push them all the way up into the majors um, as a reliever maybe first off to get that first taste. So I would say Sandy Alcantara has stood out and then the other of course being Jose Martinez who um, you know you talk about Alcantara as a top prospect then you look at a guy like Jose Martinez who has spent 10 years in the minor leagues before he got an opportunity as a September call-up last year in St. Louis. He has had perhaps the best spring of probably anybody here, and he's put himself in position to make the opening day roster. I mean, I think back to a year ago, we kind of saw this happen with Jeremy Hazelbaker and what he was able to parlay um, a terrific march into. And, you know, Jose Martinez could be that guy this year, make the opening day roster, be a versatile defender, a good pitch hitter. And, you know, again, after somebody who spent so long toiling in the minor leagues, it's fun to watch him have that sort of success. It's always remarkable. There's one guy every single year that you never see coming. It doesn't matter what the team is, what year it is. And, uh, this year, it is that guy for the Cardinals, and like you said, what a great story it would be to see him on the opening day roster after a decade uh, toiling in the minor leagues. Uh, we will certainly see. Uh, Jen, of course, as we all know, uh, you know the days and the nights uh, tend to blend together in spring training as uh, you try to just do something to uh, break up the monotony of, uh, of these long days and long nights and the workouts and the games and, and so on and so forth. So what have the Cardinals done to kind of, you know, keep things lighthearted and keep guys engaged uh, with some off-field activities? Yeah, so last night, actually, Dexter Fowler, um, it was his birthday today, so in an early celebration of his birthday, took some of his teammates down to Miami. They went to a Miami Heat game, uh, which everybody seemed to enjoy a lot. But, you know, I mean, I think the one activity that stood out to me this spring happened early in camp when the entire the entire clubhouse loaded up onto a bus in uniform and showed up in an escape room. And these guys split up into teams, into these escape rooms, um, had to work together to solve clues to get out. Um, and, and, you know, the, the whole experience got some raver reviews from from the players afterwards how much they enjoyed the challenge of it but also getting to know each other and I think that was really the purpose of the activity was hey let's put together people um, players that maybe would not you know otherwise associate with each other all that much they're on different sides of the clubhouse they play different positions at different levels get to know each other as teammates have to work together through a little bit of stress and adversity and see if you can come out better on the end so that it's been interesting too that the Cardinals were, were did this very early on in camp and I have since seen um, other teams I believe the Angels and the Pirates being two of those 
have also had players uh, go together to escape room since then. So maybe maybe started a little bit of a new fad. And I'm having a flash of deja vu because about a half hour ago, I talked to your colleague, Adam Barry, our Pirates reporter, and he said the exact same thing. He said that was the team building activity that the Pirates had with these escape rooms, which he wasn't familiar with and some of the players weren't. But after they had it, after they had that experience, they all loved it. And it seems like uh, there's some similar feedback where the Cardinals are concerned. So maybe this is the new buzz thing amongst uh, big league ball players, these escape rooms to create some bonding and some togetherness and to try to uh, put together your problem-solving skills. So, uh, like I said, maybe that's uh, the new thing in baseball these days. Uh, Jen, when you look back at the uh, spring training schedule, of course, as I said, all the games tend to blend together and, uh, you know, games really don't stand out from one another. But for whatever reason, has there been one game that maybe stood out a little bit from the rest or maybe a memorable performance for whatever reason? Yeah, yeah, we haven't had a ton of standout games here. You know, Greg Garcia did hit it inside the park home run the other day, so you don't see that all that often, especially in spring training. But, you know, to me, I kind of think back to the very first spring training game this team had in, in late February. There had been so much buildup about Dexter Fowler. Um, he was in the lineup that day, and it gave us an instant glimpse of the impact he can have on this team. He drew a walk in his first at bat and then made his way around with a steal and an out and then a sacrifice fly from Matt Carpenter to score. The next time he was up, he drew another walk and Matt Carpenter comes up and he hits a home run. And I think it was just kind of a flash of, of what could be with a new look at the top of this lineup. And it gave the Cardinals a lot to be excited about with, with what Dexter can bring and what those guys right behind him can do offensively with him in the leadoff spot. So, um, you know, it's, it's a game. It's actually a moment that some players still talk about is kind of evidence of the changed look of this lineup. So probably more than anything else, that's, that's what stood out to me. Yeah, I know the Cardinals fans are very excited uh, about the addition of Dexter Fowler, and uh, I know that more than a few Cubs fans are saying that his loss has been a little underrated right now and that when the season begins for as loaded as that Cubs team is, they're saying that uh, his, his absence is going to be felt maybe a little more than Cubs fans are expecting. And to that end, I think Cardinals fans are going to be even more excited when they can see what Dexter Fowler can do over the course of uh, 162 in his uh, first uh, year as a St. Louis Cardinal. And, uh, Jen, one of the, uh, you know, I guess fun things for me uh, during spring training is that you always see, uh, you know, the, the passionate fans of every every team in the majors. There's always one guy that – they kind of pick on a little bit based on a spring training performance or maybe lack thereof. They get worried about them, like, oh, my God, they're not having a great spring. They're going to be a disaster this coming season. So based on social media feedback and, uh, you know, questions to your inbox, who's that one guy right now for the Cardinals that fans are maybe getting unnecessarily worried about? It's probably Adam Wainwright, and you remember we talked about this list last week. Yep. You know, Adam came off a start in which he allowed 10 runs in an inning in two-thirds, and it was all around ugly. There's no getting around that. Um, walked four through two wild pitches. It was, it was pretty terrible. There was very little good to come out of it, though Adam tried his best to find a few things. So, you know, that kind of leads to some irrational, oftentimes concerns, despite the fact that Adam leading up to that start had pitched quite well this spring. We've talked about the development of the changeup. We've talked about the rediscovery of the curveball. But it's amazing how one clunker of a performance can kind of wipe all that from memory. So um, I think it's, you know, it'll be interesting to see Adam take the mound here tomorrow as he tries to bounce back from that ugly start against the Mets. And he'll have another start in spring before then, you know, getting into games that actually do count. But, yeah, a little bit of concern there. Certainly some of it related to last season and that Adam didn't live up to expectations um, last year. Concerns about, you know, he's, he's a guy who's 35 years old now. Is he kind of over the hill in terms 
of, of baseball career and, and what he can be expected to do. But um, I've said this before, and I will continue to contend that I think Adam Wainwright um, knows himself so well and knows his stuff so well that he will get the most out of whatever he has on any given day. And the beautiful thing is, if he goes out there tomorrow and gives up nine runs, hey, it's an improvement. So, you know, Cardinals fans <laughs> can hang their hat on that, but hopefully uh, it was just a blip on the radar, and Mr. Wainwright is going to be A-OK uh, heading into the 2017 season. And, Jen, uh, I think I know the answer uh, to this next one, but maybe you might surprise me. Uh, the newcomer on this team that you personally have enjoyed interacting with the most. Yeah, it's got to be Dexter Fowler. Now, there's not too many newcomers to choose from around here. Um, but Dexter, and I think maybe manager Mike Matheny described it best to me the other day when he said, you know, Dexter's really a chameleon. And he can get along with anybody of any background, of any sort. Um, you know, he kind of erases, the, I don't know, the, the, the clicks that maybe emerge in clubhouses or just, you know, an interaction. Um, so he's been fun to get to know. I mean, this is a guy who likes to be kind of the life of the party, always walks in with a smile. He brought music out onto the fields, as we talked about earlier in spring. So um, very intelligent guy, very um, informed when it comes to current events and news. So there's a lot there to like. And I think as Cardinal fans get to know Dexter as he's here for the next five seasons, they're really going to like having this guy as an ambassador for the city and also then see what he can bring on and off the field for this club. Yeah, just a dynamite addition for this team. And uh, like you said, easy answer there. It's got to be uh, Dexter Fowler, uh, the guy that uh, not just yourself, but a lot of other people have enjoyed uh, interacting with the most uh, as he comes over from the Cubs in the offseason. And, uh, Jen, to wrap up here, we're hours away from the championship game of the World Baseball Classic between the U.S. and uh, Puerto Rico. And uh, we've all seen – what Yadi Molina has done at the plate, uh, behind the plate, it's it just uh, some of the throws he's made, catching guys napping off of first base, uh, tags at home plate, uh, hitting home runs. The guy has done everything. It should be a, a dynamite game tonight. And for my money personally, uh, I was a little bit lukewarm coming into the WBC, thinking, uh, you know, I'll, I'll pay attention to it. I'm not going to get invested in it. That's I've done a 180 on that. I'm watching games not even involving the U.S. Uh, I'm really into it. I'm going to be watching every pitch tonight. How invested have you been? And give me a prediction for tonight's game. Yeah, I kind of feel like you did. I mean, I feel like in World Baseball Classics past, I've kind of loosely watched or paid attention if I had little else to do. Um, but it has been kind of like must-see TV this spring. I will say the only difficulty being down here on the East Coast where our days start um, usually before sunrise is these 9 and 10 p.m. Eastern time starts make it a little bit hard yep. to stay tuned in the game. So I typically catch the first part and then have to catch up the next day on what happened at the end. But um, it's, it's been fun to watch, and it's so fun to watch Yachty and the passion that he, he always has out there, um, and particularly in playing for his country. I mean, it's always been a really big deal for him to represent Puerto Rico. And you have to wonder if there's going to be a little bit of a letdown coming back from, from that tournament back here to spring training. Um, but it's, it's, it's fun also to get an opportunity to see other people maybe notice the things that we see in Yachty, watching him day in and day out for others who don't get that opportunity. Um, just the, the, the difference maker that he can be both behind the plate and at the plate. So um, I look forward to the game tonight. I probably would give the edge to Puerto Rico because Yachty seems to be able to do amazing things with a pitching staff of, of largely no-name guys. Um, and I wouldn't bet against him on the biggest of stages. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Of course, my, my heart's pulling for, you know, the U.S., but 
I think that Puerto Rico team is, is so deep and they're playing with so much emotion that I, I think they edged the U.S. tonight. But uh, either way, I think we're in for a very entertaining ball game and a great way to cap what's been an amazing tournament, the 2017 uh, World Baseball Classic. That's a great place to wrap this one up. Our thanks, as always, to you, Miss Langosh. We will do it again next week. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, St. Louis Cardinals. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.